Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schuber, floating around producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information and needs. They've got it all NBA, Major League Baseball, football futures bets. They've got the fights, esports, Vegas casino games, poker games. It's all there. And we got a deal for you. If you sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. To get started, that's B-L-E-A-V. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Limerick Day to you. Limerick, like the poem. Yep. Is this going to be our new, like, do I need to come? I don't know. When is, when, is, when is National Joe Stops Doing This Day? Because that's the day I want. Um, uh, Saturday. I'm not sure. Show. Yeah, Saturday. I won't do it on Saturday. <laughs> Every Saturday and Sunday, but uh, no yeah. promises for the rest of the week. So schedule release show tonight. Uh, Carmen Vitali, Jamie Eisner, and Chris Schubert. Come on back, Chris. Tell everybody about you guys are doing the schedule release show tonight at 8 o'clock on YouTube. Yes, I'm going to make Jamie predict every game of every team's schedule, and then we're going to judge him harshly for it at the end of the season. No, just kidding. Not going to do that. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk ball. We're going to overreact to the schedule just like everybody else. So come hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. Was that a shot at us, Chris? Because we've done that for like the last two years, man. Like, no, uh, we do it in the su- we do it like right before training camp. Doing it on yeah. the night that the schedule gets released feels a little ridiculous. So that was the joke that I was making. Because there are going to people be like, "Oh, this team, it looks like there's ten wins on this schedule here." I'm not doing that. We're <laughs> not doing that on the show tonight. Uh, I need to know when PlayoffPredictors.com is finally updated. I'm sure it will be tonight. I hope it is. It would be a life-changing experience to spend my entire weekend on playoffpredictors.com going through different outcomes of all the games. Hmm. The best website on the face of the planet, bar none. I like the draft. Except for probably the the new draftnetwork.com takes it now, but only because it's the new one, right? So, yeah, I stuck my foot in my mouth there. Hope the old boss lady doesn't listen to (laughs) this podcast or I'll hear about that for sure. Uh, Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, so we have the AFC West to talk about. This is our last divisional recap for all of our draft classes that we have pieced together. And we're going to start with Arizona because we're doing these in alphabetical order. And Arizona is, let's just say, an interesting class. I'll go ahead and oh, read yeah. through the players. Uh, tight end, tra- excuse me, Hollywood Brown, first round draft choice. Right? For sure. Wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, tight end, Trey McBride, Colorado State at 55. Defensive lineman, Cam Thomas at 87. Defensive end, Myjay Sanders at 100. 101 picks later, Keontae Ingram running back <laughs> from USC. Uh, Lasitis Smith, offensive line, interior offensive lineman from Virginia Tech at 215. Christian Matthew, DB from Valdosta State at 244. Jesse Lucetta, linebacker, hybrid defender from Penn State at 256, and Marquise Hades, 
uh, interior offensive lineman from Oklahoma at 257. Find somebody who loves you like the Arizona Cardinals love hybrid defensive players. Positionless players. Right. Cameron Thomas, kind of like a guy that can play up again, up and down the defensive line. Maje Sanders, like a 230-pound five technique in, in college that's going to play something different for sure with the Arizona Cardinals, probably a stand-up rush linebacker. And then Jesse Luketa, who's a hybrid uh, player to go with, you know, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker. And um, it just becomes more and more clear that uh, this team likes that type of player. But I guess you really have to focus your conversation regarding the Cardinals draft class around Hollywood Brown, who they traded their first round pick to acquire reuniting, you know, the Oklahoma connection there between Kyler Murray and, and Hollywood Brown and, Gives them that field stretcher you know, to go with Hopkins, who's going to miss six games. And you can see that I, I feel like Arizona wants to have different spacing options for their offense, if that makes sense, right? They didn't really have this, like, blazer down the field. They had a couple of guys in green and, uh, and Hopkins and Ertz, you know, kind of guys that are cerebral players, possession-style players, get leveraged, make catches – but they didn't really have a guy that can really push the defense vertically. And that type of spacing is going to really help this offense in my mind, along with, I think if they get a commitment to running the football in a traditional sense, those two things, having that burner and having that run game can really elevate an already potent Cardinals offense. So I, I like how Hollywood Brown can help this team. Um, but I, I have questions about this draft class and the path for them to make an impact, right? We talked about that a lot with some of the recent divisions that we've recapped. I don't look at this and see a lot of clear paths to the field and making an impact this season or even maybe even next. Well, especially because your expectation is that you're really only going to get that from the players in the top 100, right? So those three picks were Trey McBride, Cameron Thomas, and Maje Sanders. Like, those were your top 100 picks this year. Tight end now, three. <laughs> do I think Keontae Ingram has a reasonable chance to be a rotational back that that takes some carries and can be a solid backup for James Conner? Yes, I do. Uh, I actually like Keontae Ingram quite a bit. Do I think Jesse Lucetta can be an early down Sam linebacker to, to play on the front side and to the run strength and turn runs back inside. Yes, oh, yeah. I do. But like Trey McBride, like I'm sitting here watching Arizona because I'm, I'm getting to know Chase Edmonds because the Dolphins signed him and they got Zach Ertz aligned in the backfield. And it's like, okay, that's the kind of role you're going to expect for Trey McBride. But how often is he going to be sharing the field with Zach Ertz? Don't forget I mean, about Max Williams. They, right. they still have Max him. Williams. And then you obviously have DeAndre Hopkins when he gets back from uh, his suspension and you traded for Hollywood. It's like there's so many mouths to feed. And I I, I was surprised that they prioritized the tight end position of all right. positions as early as they did. But I do think he Trey McBride does give you a little bit more versatility to be moved and put in different spots. Like I really don't want Zach Ertz anywhere other than probably in line or detached in the slot. I don't yeah. want him releasing out of the backfield, right? Like that's not no. appealing to me. So that role exists there for Cameron Thomas. I, are you going to slap 30 pounds on him? Or are you going to let him play as is? And like, is he, is he going to challenge 
Zach Allen for that role on the line? He is I Zach Allen, right? <laughs> that is who He's he is. He's not That's Zach his... Allen, though, because Zach Allen was 300 pounds. Was he really? He's Zach Allen. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Through the combine? I, I'm, I thought he – I didn't think he was. Now I'm, I'm all kinds of twisted up. 281, 281 Zach Allen. 281. Can I jump in here with something for you guys? Is it a sure. woo? It's not a wee woo. This it's not the be all end all, but I have the uh, R lads uh, depth chart for the Cardinals here, and I just want to tell you where they have these guys listed as of this moment. Maybe oh, this will help the conversation. They have Cam Thomas as the backup to Marcus Golden in the outside linebacker spot, and they have Maje Sanders in the other outside linebacker spot with Devin Kennard and Dennis Gardeck. So they don't have really any they. That I, rush I would like that if that's the case. Where do they have Lucetta inside uh, they linebacker? Have, they have Jesse Lucetta in that same bucket as Majay Sanders, right behind him on the depth chart in that outside okay. linebacker role. Okay, I would consider him, generally speaking, to be a strong side linebacker in the same way that I would probably assume Cam Thomas would be a strong side linebacker. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I like that if that's the, if that's end up where they they'd land. I'd like that a lot. My favorite two picks from this draft class, Lasitis Smith was at 215 and Jesse Lucchetta at 256. Yeah, for me, it was Keontae Ingram at 201 and Jesse Lucchetta at 256. And listen, as, an, as a recent acquirer of Eno Benjamin in Dynasty Fantasy Football, I need, I need, that, to, <laughs> I need that to be a thing. I need Eno to be a thing. Okay. And not I apologize in advance. Did you know most people are paying too much on their auto loan? Dave used auto-approve to refinance his car, replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment. Now, since he's saved with auto-approve, he's sitting behind the third-base dugout instead of the bleachers. Auto-approve connects vehicle owners with their best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork, yes, even the DMV, making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month. How? by instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings. When you refinance with AutoApprove, you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the best deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, AutoApprove was able to save their customers on average over $150 a month. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners that refinance through auto approve, they'll send you $100 cash to your mailbox. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level. When you refinance with auto approve, put more money in your pocket for what matters most to find out how much you could save and to claim your $100 cash back offer. Visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. So we're going to do the L.A. Rams next? Hey, listen, Eno had like 140 yards in that playoff game. Yeah, the Rams, they had a million picks. Yeah, Logan Bruss, interior offensive lineman, maybe a tackle. Uh, I would probably like him better at guard. Uh, at 104 in the third round, Kobe Durant, South Carolina State corner at 142. Kyron Williams, running back Notre Dame at 164. Quentin Lake, safety from UCLA at 211. Darion Kendrick, corner from Georgia at 212. Linebacker Daniel Hardy from Montana State at 235. 
safety Russ Yeast from Kansas State at 253, and A.J. Curry from Michigan State offensive tackle at 261. So you're sitting in the press box at SoFi Stadium. You're there to watch the Rams play some other team. And they give you the flip card, the too deep, the too deep flip card. How many of these mm-hmm. players show up on the too deep flip card? Maybe Bruss? Bruss will be on the too deep. Bruss will right. be on the too deep. Um, he might be the starter at Dakota. guard, right? Because he's got Bobby Evans is the guy he has to beat out, and Evans hasn't done a thing since he's been drafted. Yeah, you know what? That was another since the Dolphins signed Sony Michelle. I was watching Rams offense, and that position's ripe for the picking. Is all I will say. Especially because they lost Corbin, right? Yeah, yeah, and they they obviously brought back Nopum, so they gave him all the money to be left tackle. Yeah, it's like thirteen million dollars or something like that. Played like eight games. It's unbelievable, man. Uh, Kyron Williams, I think, can make a dent in some playing time. I know he's a different kind of player, a little bit more gadget. I don't, I don't want to say gadget and peg him as somebody who I don't think can play in the backfield. He's not going to be a ball carrier for you with any kind of high high volume, but he's really good in pass pro and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Like He's going to play on third downs to some degree, I think. So I think Kyron Williams and Logan Bruss are the two I think make the biggest dent. I, yeah, I would agree with you. Akers and Henderson probably firmly ahead of Williams on that depth chart. So we're talking about RB3, Maybe a starting guard, which would be great if that's what happens with our third-round pick and he winds up being a good player. Maybe uh, Kobe Durant. I know they brought back Troy Hill. Uh, they've got David Long, Robert Rochelle, Jalen Ramsey. Man. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think Kobe Durant can compete for some reps. Right. It's kind of like that fourth guy. If he could play inside, that's probably helpful for him because I think everyone else is kind of like a true outside player except for Troy Hill coming back, who's probably going to be their Nick. Uh, this is this is the deal with the Rams, right? They they don't have uh, high picks. They have lots of late picks, and they're hoping to just kind of sprinkle in their roster. And they a ton of players here, but I mean, like you said, we're expecting the most contributions from top one hundred players, and they didn't have any top one hundred players, so that that's prohibitive to uh, uh, getting that. I think the Kobe Durant can eventually develop into your replacement for Demarion Williams. Right, like the long term answer there. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd have it, to beat he, out like Rochelle, who they drafted in the fourth. Yeah, and they I know Rochelle was super pick. toolsy, but like that's he's the same kind of body build. He's five nine and five eights and one hundred and eighty pounds. Like he's not a big big cat, but neither was was Demarion. So, yeah, I don't know. I th- I, I can see a pathway there for them, and and he ran well, so. There's some athleticism to work with there. They're a team that uh, obviously has a lockdown corner on one side, and that allows you to do a lot of different things as far as how your the rest of your back end operates and, and the help that you can give in other spaces. So if you're going to play with somebody over top, having a quick-footed athlete like the Kobe Durant might not be the worst thing. Ready to talk about the Seattle Seahawks? I'll do this one. I'll, I'll announce it. These look like some names sure, I can go handle. Ahead. All right. First round pick, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. A couple of second round picks back to back. Boye Mafe, the edge at, uh, from Minnesota at 40, at 41, running back Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan State. And a third round, Abraham Lucas, offensive tackle, Washington State. Fourth round, Kobe Bryant, Cincinnati corner. Fifth round, Tariq Wolin, UTSA corner at 153. Then at 158, Tyreek Smith, the edge rusher from Ohio State. 
two wide receivers in the fifth round or the seventh round, excuse me, Bo Melton, Rutgers, Derek Young, Lenore Ryan to close out this draft class. At the risk of reigniting the debate that we had on draft night about Seattle mm-hmm. and their mentality. I love the value that they got with each pick. I love the players that they got. I thought they picked pick players who fit needs across the roster from top to bottom with the exception of probably the Kenneth Walker pick, but I understand why they wanted to make a long-term investment there relative to what the contracts look like for them. Uh, I thought they got plus value uh, in a lot of spaces. I, I thought they picked players. Uh, I had a first-round grade on the guy they picked in the first round. I had two second-round guys the, grades on the guy that they picked in the second round. I had a third-round grade on the guy they picked in the third round. I had a third-round grade on the guy they picked in the fourth round. Second-round grade on the guy they picked in the fifth round. Third-round grade on the guy they picked in the fifth round. Like, all the way down the list. So from that perspective, I think you have to be really happy with what Seattle did. And I thought they picked players that, that fit into uh, direct needs on the roster. feels like this was one of my favorite draft classes. Um, and I know one of the things that we've been hung up on is like just kind of the fit of these offensive tackles in, in Cross and Lucas, uh, first round pick, third round pick guys that are, you know, really – have a path to be their starting tackle tandem for a while. And I, I think Seattle's ready to shift uh, the way that they play football. And you know, Shane Waldron coming over as their offensive coordinator, he's a McVay disciple. And so I think you're going to see um, those principles, right? A lot of wide zone, a lot of um, manufactured throws, a lot of things built off of different concepts. But it, I think that range, that lateral mobility on, along the offensive line, especially at tackle, is going to be important for this offense to do what it wants to do. And so Cross and um, Lucas are very different than Dwayne Brown and uh, who, I mean, who else, who's been the right tackle. It feels like it's been a revolving door, but you know, this is a while and right shell and yeah, shell. Good call. I I think they're just trying to shift towards that style of offense and they don't want to pay these running backs. Uh, I think Penny and Carson come off the books this year. And so they're probably looking at Kenneth Walker as that guy um, that's important, right, for, for that style of offense to, to be their answer. And then uh, – so I like what they did there to kind of get their offense jump-started with a couple of tackles in the running back that I think are going to be important. And then defensively, I mean, I, I really love these picks. Boye Mafe, um, a super toolsy player. Kobe Bryant, a nice mid-round corner that I think has starter appeal. Tyreek Smith, one of my favorite DPR guys – in the class to get him in the fifth round's great value. And so is Tariq Woolen in the fifth round. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Seattle draft. And I don't know if that's something that should concern me or not, but uh, I like what they were able to get done. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's switch gears and go to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco drafted Drake Jackson, defensive lineman from USC at 61. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, running back LSU at 93. Danny Gray, wide receiver from SMU at 105. Spencer Buford, uh, interior offensive, we'll call an offensive lineman, tackle, guard, flexibility. I think there's can be some varying discrepancy on what his ultimate landing spot is at 134. Samuel Womack, defensive back from Toledo at 172. Nicholas Zakos uh, from Fordham, offensive tackle at 187. Kalia Davis, 
Defensive tackle UCF at 220. Tariq Castro-Fields, cornerback Penn State at 221. And Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback hmm. Iowa State at 262. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't think they did a single thing that I really liked. <laughs> well, especially when you consider that Trey Lance was picked again in the first round for a second consecutive season. Like, I like Danny Gray as a player, and I, I, I think that would probably be my favorite pick, right? He's got good mm-hmm. speed. Uh, you, you see the vertical ability that he has. But I, I just look at the draft class, and it's like I didn't – and that's not to say it's going to be bad, right? I think that's a very important distinguishment to make because I don't have the same vision for the players of whatever vision they had for the players that they picked. But I look at this draft class as a whole, and I'm like – Drake Jackson taking the the Solomon Thomas reps in the front. What like what else did we get? I'm I I, I yeah I, I have a hard time getting optimistic about this class if I'm being completely honest. I think that's fair. I, I'm not a fan. Um, I would agree with you. I think Danny Gray's my favorite pick. Uh, I like Burford as well as a developmental player that. You know, I think they needed to replenish that interior a little bit, you know, losing Tomlinson, um, and it was upgradable to begin with. And so I think he gives you a chance with a toolsy player. Um, I'm not sure he helps you in year one. The Ty Davis price pick, very confusing in the third round. On the heels of picking Sermon in the third round last year and getting production from whatever running back you put back there, whether it's Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson, I just didn't feel like that was like they're something they needed to address early or even at all in this draft. I just, I mean, Drake Jackson seems like a very high variance player, right? DPR, weird body type. Um, you know, what's now they've his had success really with this him? kind of player? I they, know, like Ronald so Blair's weird. been a guy for them. Solomon Thomas was a guy for them eventually. Those guys had a little more thickness to them than than Drake. I don't know, man. Well, it I it's um, going to play. What's your play? He's got to play on the edge, right? You would assume, but it's a four-three I mean, defense. He's a Leo, I guess. It's probably his best role. I'm trying to work to build up to some some enthusiasm, but I, I don't know how much of it I have. To be look at their edge situation. Their starters are Bosa and Ebucam, D. Ford, Kamoko Ture, Charles Amenahu, and then welcome to the conversation, Drake Jackson. Is he going to get a jersey? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Huh? I don't think he's going to outsnap Amenahu. He shouldn't, in my mind. And a many who can it has the density to actually condense down inside from time to time. Right. Drake's not playing anything else, right? Like he's not playing backer in any capacity. Uh, clearly they had a role for him. They picked him 61st. So <laughs> right. All right, you wanna you wanna so, stack him up? Let's go ahead and stack them up. We did, this was a different, like you said yesterday on the podcast, we knew this was going to be a different conversation than the AFC West. Yes. Um, the way I feel about them, because I know that you have the the numerical valuations and all that that's that lined up. Let me tell you the way I feel about them, and then we can see how how it settled. I haven't won Seattle, and then I think there's a drop off. Two Arizona, three the Rams, four the 49ers. Okay. And I can so, be convinced that the Rams and 49ers can flip easily. 
So here, here's the deal. Because Seattle picked in the top 10 and Charles Cross was a player, you, you had him somewhere in the teens, right? Mm-hmm. That's that, going to be a that bad value for them. Yeah, yeah. It, it dramatically impacted the overall rankings uh, relative to and, – and that's why when we're actually doing the draft coverage, right, we don't sit here and pound the table for, oh, he was my X-ranked player, right? Because from a valuation perspective – like, yeah, we had a first-round grade on Charles Cross and went in the first round. Right. So that's we, we try not to use our numbers as the be-all, end-all for this exact reason because you can look at the class and say, I love what Seattle did, but just based off the raw numbers, it might not be a true reflection. So I guess it comes back to kind of that analytics, numbers, film, debate. Everything is needs to be contextualized. So just using – uh just numbers is not the appropriate way for us to go about doing this, but it's a fun layer to this conversation. Uh, according to on a, on a per pick basis, the team that added the most value per selection relative to your draft board, Joe was the, believe it or not, Arizona Cardinals. Cause Cam Cam Thomas was like a really good value for them. I bet. Yes, we had him. We had him in the forties, and yeah, and he went eighty-seven. Yeah, and Lucetta's another good value too, because I I liked him a whole lot more than the seventh round. Okay, so if I'm sorting just by Smith. the NFC West, yeah, Arizona got the second best value in the entire draft against your board relative to the pick in which they were actually picked in Cam Thomas. And then they get Lasitis Smith and Jesse Lucetta all in the top seven best value picks in the draft. So from that, this that's division. That's why from this division, which is where which is why Arizona checked in where they did. Um and then you had the Rams. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong column. And then you had, yes, then you had the Rams. And very to- close behind them was Seattle. And then in last place, you had San Francisco. I would probably, I could tell you the way it, it, it scored for me and it, it, a lot of the same variables at play for you because I also had Charles Cross in the late teens. I think I had him just outside the top 15. Uh, Arizona for me, Rams very close behind them, the Seattle Seahawks, and then the 49ers in last. So... Both of our, according to our our boards, stack the same. But I, I would generally agree with you. I like the vision best for what Seattle did with their draft. And it was not particularly close. So that's why we contextualize and can talk 30 minutes on any given division and probably could go for another 30 if he gave us the time to do it. But we don't. So tomorrow is Takes on Takes. I would imagine we'll probably get some schedule type questions in there. Uh, reminder, Chris, along with Carmen and Jamie on the YouTube channel tonight and on Twitter at eight o'clock going over the schedule release as it happens. Plan accordingly. Hope to see you guys tomorrow. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks for our friends at Ben Online for their continued support. And thanks for everybody watching or listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.